Amen. Thank you, Donna. We appreciate that. Let's take our Bibles this morning. Please turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We want to talk about a God who gives wisdom. James chapter 1. And I hope that when you're at home and you're listening that you follow along in your Bibles. It's important that we don't get lazy in our Bibles. Make sure you have one in front of you and you're opening it and reading along. And it's important that we make sure that we're testing everything against God's Word. Let me mention a couple things that are coming up and uh, having to do with our church services. Uh, Tonight we're looking forward to, I'm really looking forward to this anyway, and I hope it's a blessing. We won't know until we actually do it, but we're going to have a special evening of just hymns. All right, there will be some time in the Bible at the end. I'm going to preach as well. But we're going to just spend some time tonight singing some of the old, 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 old hymns. And I mean old, and ones that you grew up on and that have become dear to your hearts. And with those, we're going to have some hymn histories. We're going to share some of the background of those hymns and have some testimonies about those hymns. And so there's going to be six of us sitting around on the platform, and we uh, will be using guitars instead of uh, the pianos. It'll be kind of an acoustic night. And just enjoying the old hymns, Tissel Sweet, to Trust in Jesus, There is a fountain filled with blood. And when I say old, I believe there's only one from the 1900s. The rest are 17 and 1800s. But they're ones that really have grown on us and are important to us. And it's interesting, since I've studied them out and researched all the hymn histories, uh, you can ask my wife, I've been walking around singing these old hymns all week. And it's just been a blessing to my heart to reacquaint with those great old lyrics. And the theology that is in those hymns is so important. So I hope that you'll join us tonight at 6 o'clock online and uh, be a part of that service. We'll be singing for a while, then I'll be bringing a message on music in the church. And uh, you know it really shouldn't be, but that's very controversial today. And uh, we really ought to be lifting our voices and praising God. And the devil would love to throttle that back. Uh, But we need to sing with our voices and worship our Lord. Also, uh, let me mention this. We are working on, and I believe it'll work next Sunday evening, having a drive-in service. And so... um, uh, Brother Judge and I have been working together on getting that all taken care of, and, and I was a little hesitant to uh, announce it until we tested everything, but he feels like it'll work. And so next Sunday night at 5 o'clock, all right, it'll be 5 o'clock because the sun sets in the west, and we want to make sure we're kind of done before it's right in our faces. And so we will have uh, a drive-in service. Now, we will have men here to park you so that we're all doing what we're supposed to do legally. It is completely legal to have a drive-in service, and we will broadcast. Uh, to your car radio station. All right, we will give you the radio station ahead of time, and you can just tune in, sit in your car with your Bible and your family, sing along with the hymns, and hear the preaching of God's Word. But at least you'll be able to look around the parking lot and see some other people. Now, I've had people ask me about this, and let me just share this publicly because I want to make sure that I don't have to answer it a hundred times. Why haven't we done it before now? Honestly, I've been very hesitant to do a drive-in service. I do not want it to be the habit. I don't want people to think that's what church is all about. And uh, so I've been very hesitant to do it, but I also understand that people are more discouraged this third time lockdown than they have been in the past, and I think it would be an encouragement to you. And our church services are all upside down as it is anyway. And so we'll be creative, and we will have a drive-in service, and I do believe in just a few weeks we'll be back in church. That is my prayer, and we're trusting God for that. And so we will have one to encourage you and to help you, and if it goes well, perhaps we'll do another one down the road. But for now, uh, that was my, that's my reasoning why we haven't been doing them every single week. 
simply because I, I just didn't want to see the chaos of what it brings to a church service. All right, let's look at the book of James tonight or this morning, James chapter 1. And it is morning. I know that I've pre recorded before, but we are live right now. I just misspoke. James chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. That's the last thing I think about doing when I fall into a trial. And that's what this word temptation means, is a trial. I, I don't count it joy. Well, the Bible says we ought to grow to the point where we count it joy. Paul says he has learned that whatsoever state he is in, therein to be content. But he had to learn it. He learned that behavior. And we too will learn it as we face more trials in this life. Verse 3, knowing this, here's why. The trying of your faith worketh patience. I used to pray for my wife in the mornings that she'd have patience. And she finally asked me to stop praying for that because she says, every time you pray for it, God tries my faith. And that's how we gain patience. Verse 4, but let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire. That word means complete and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you and praise you this morning for your many blessings. And thank you, Lord, that we could sing all those songs, all six of the songs this morning, talked about your glory and that you are worthy of praise and Lord, we just pray that you would help us now, Lord, to turn our attentions to the Word of God. Lord, we, we really need to under, understand this concept that we must come to God for wisdom. Donna just sang a song about when I don't understand, when I don't understand. So many times we face trials and temptations and we don't understand. And so, Lord, we must turn to God and ask for wisdom. Help us, Lord, to uh, embrace this concept of the Word of God this morning. We must have the Holy Spirit to teach us, to help us, to guide us into all truth. And so we surrender to you and ask that you'd fill us this morning. Father, give me every word we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, wisdom is really a word that has taken a beating in our day and age. Many will say that they have wisdom. Many will talk about others as wise people. The Bible puts it this way, professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. What God calls good, the world calls evil today, and vice versa. The world's idea of wisdom and the biblical idea of wisdom, they just don't seem to line up. And let me give you a few examples. God's wisdom says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The world's wisdom says billions and billions of years ago. You say, well, how old is the earth? I really don't know. The Jewish calendar says it's 5,781 years old, that we are in the year 5781. And that seems fairly reasonable if you do the Bible math and look it all up. Some say, well, we're closer to 6,000 years, whatever. But I know this, at the beginning, there was a God who created the heavens and the earth. Billions and billions of years ago, professes that there was a big bang, that something came from nothing. That's the world's wisdom. I choose to follow God's wisdom. 
God's wisdom says, he that spareth the rod hateth his son, but the world's wisdom says we shouldn't discipline children at all anymore. God's wisdom says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And the world's wisdom says, where is the promise of his coming? As mockers and scoffers raise their voices in these last days. It's safe to say that when we seek wisdom, we are looking after godly wisdom, biblical wisdom, wisdom from heaven. You know, there are in fact several passages of scripture, and if you read them, wisdom is painted in both a positive and a negative light. Every time it's negative, it's speaking of man's wisdom or the world wisdom or professing themselves to be wise, but there are also many scriptures that are talking about godly wisdom. We think of Proverbs 3.21, it says, my son, let not them depart from thine eyes, keep sound wisdom and discretion. Solomon speaking to his son is impressing upon his heart the importance of having wisdom. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, receiving wisdom from God himself, understood how important that wisdom was and wanted to pass it on to his son. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 5, he writes again, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. And in verse 7, he says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. The word wisdom is determined by the context in which we use it. Someone might have wisdom regarding mechanical things. I see today many young people especially will just look at a computer and they'll understand how everything works and the knowledge just seems to be stuck in their head and they, you might say, well, they have some wisdom regarding uh, their wise regarding mechanical things or electronic things and God gives us wisdom in different areas of life. There are some that communicate the gospel very well and God has given them a special wisdom. But the context in James chapter 1 is that of trials and temptations. I would dare say that if there's an area that we could really use wisdom in, it's this area especially. I have been to hospitals to talk to people who are discouraged and depressed. I've been in the asylums. I have seen the impact of life's trials throughout the years. It wasn't long ago somebody called the church weeping so hard that we couldn't understand them on the phone, and I asked them, I'll be at the church in five minutes. Please call us back on the landline so that we can understand you better. We were in our car and got to the church, and it was no different. They actually called and and hit Pastor Paul's extension, and he couldn't understand, and they were weeping and wailing because of COVID-19. It's a trial, to be sure. It's something that we are going through in this season of our life, and if there's an area that we could use wisdom in, certainly these trials would, would help us so much. So let's look at the Word of God this morning, James chapter 1, and see what the Bible says about having wisdom, the God who gives us this wisdom. And in the context is in verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. And then he goes on and tells them how to deal with it. We must ask for wisdom. Verse 5, we see, first of all, the lack of godly wisdom. The lack of godly wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I suppose there's a lot of reasons why somebody might lack knowledge. They weren't trained. They didn't go to school. Parents didn't take the time to instill knowledge into them and help them along with life. Many reasons, I suppose. 
Wisdom is another thing. It's applied knowledge. It helps us to understand and perceive a situation and to be able to react in an appropriate and biblical and godly way. Uh, The Bible says here, if any of you lack wisdom, there's an assumption made that there are some people that just don't have wisdom. They're not able to deal with the trials and temptations of life. And I don't know who that lady was. We never did get to meet her. And I I understand that I'm not trying to discourage her or put her down if she's listening today because she is indicative of so many that are in our society that are hurting today. And we need wisdom with how to deal with it. Paul or James, the, the pastor of the church of Jerusalem, says, if any of you lack wisdom. Why is there a lack of wisdom? Well, the Bible gives us some reasons. Number one, people lack the fear of the Lord. People lack the fear of the Lord. Psalm 111 verse 10 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Twice more that phrase is repeated in the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the, that's the foundation. That's the starting point. That is the beginning of wisdom. We are going to have wisdom, godly wisdom, wisdom to endure trials and temptations. Then we must start with God. And those that fear him will have a biblical wisdom. But those that lack biblical wisdom, perhaps it's because they do not fear God. I think it's safe to say as we look around us today in society, that is a matter of fact. People don't fear God. There used to be a certain respect for the Lord, even for those that did not go to church. I remember as a boy, Simcoe being a ghost town on a Sunday morning, all the shops and stores were closed because it was the Lord's Day. I remember a school teacher in high school saying, when I was a little girl, everybody went to church. That doesn't necessarily mean they all had the gospel preached to them or they were all in a a good Bible preaching church, but everybody had the idea that I must set aside a day to honor and worship the Lord and I will go to church because I fear God. Those days are far past and people lack the fear of the Lord. Why do we have a lack of godly wisdom? People lack the fear of the Lord. Number two, people lack the filling of the Spirit. People lack the filling of the Spirit. You understand when the Spirit of God comes into our lives and He indwells us, He says this, I also want to fill you. Indwelling is that presence that He takes up residence in our lives. He puts the seal and mark upon us that we belong to God and we are sealed under the day of redemption. And He says in Hebrews 13 that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And so we have that enduring promise. But understand this, He says, be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. That means we yield control unto Him. Ephesians 4 tells us to walk in the Spirit, that we fulfill not the lust of the flesh. And so we must understand that the Spirit of God must take over our lives as we submit to Him and are filled by Him. And here's what the filling of the Spirit does. Exodus 31, And I have filled Him with the Spirit of God, listen, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. Deuteronomy 34 says, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the Spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands upon him, and the children of Israel hearkened unto him as did, and did as the Lord commanded Moses. A New Testament reference is 1 Corinthians 12, 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Wisdom comes from the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8 reminds us that we don't even know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit comes in and He searches our hearts and He prays on our behalf with words which cannot be uttered. Why? Because the Spirit of God is wisdom. 
And when we are filled with him and allowing him to control our lives, we can have that same godly wisdom. Ephesians 1.17 says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Why might we lack godly wisdom? Because people lack the fear of the Lord. People lack the filling of the Holy Spirit. Number three, people lack the faith to ask. Have you asked for it? Have you gone to God in prayer and said, God, I need wisdom? The Bible says in James 1 verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. My wife and I are grappling right now with a couple important life decisions. They are of utter importance in our family. They may seem small to you, but they're, they're important to us. And so we've been praying about those things. God, we need wisdom. We need understanding. God, would you teach us? And, and simply this, if, if more people would just ask God, the problem is we think we can do it on our own when we so desperately need God. Verse 6 says this, Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. The lack of godly wisdom. Remember, there are conditions to the promise we must ask in faith, nothing wavering. Look at the next thing we see in the Bible, the lack of godly wisdom, but also I want you to notice the liberality of God. The liberality of God. If any, man, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Giveth to all men liberally. Do you know that if you were to go to Australia and become a citizen there and vote in their elections, I was told this by missionary Kevin Harris, who lives, has been living there for 20-some years now, He told me this. He said, the liberal party is the good party. We would have never thought of that living in North America. I'm not here to make any political commentary, but we often think of liberals as those that have an agenda that is counter to the Bible as far as abortion and different social things that we don't necessarily support. But in Australia, it's the good party. And he said this, because to be liberal means to to be giving, to be loving. The Bible says the liberal soul shall be made Fat. That ought to be my life first right there. The liberal soul shall be made fat. But notice we have a liberal God. I don't mean in the sense of politically. I don't mean in the sense theologically. But God is liberal in what he gives to us. He is a bountiful God and a God of blessing. The Bible says in verse 5, Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Verse two of, sorry, Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. God gives wisdom liberally. Now, notice the emphasis and the context here back in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That patience takes some trying of our faith, but wisdom is free for the asking. Think about that. We want patience. We desire patience. Sometimes we even pray. As a matter of fact, I would dare say that, that we, we ask and, and need patience more at times than we, we ask for wisdom. Especially if you have little children. We say, oh God, give me patience. I need patience with these children. I often used to pray for my wife, and I told you this about teaching a classroom of kids. God, give her patience for those children, the love for those children. But the truth is, Patience comes through the trying of our faith, but wisdom is free for the asking. 
if we'll just simply turn to God. Now notice, when we think about the liberality of God, number one, there are some things that God lets. There are some things that God lets. Look at verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. How do we get patience? The trying of our faith. And God says, let patience have her perfect work. In other words, God says, there's some things I'm going to let into your life, some trials, because I want patience to have its perfect work. I want you to grow. I want you to be complete, perfect, entire, wanting nothing. I want you to grow. Sometimes we pray for wisdom and God says, here's the wisdom. Just let it work its way out. Because I'm working all things together for good. Just have grace, endure, be patient. Because one day you'll be stronger as a result. Understand this, God did not remove Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fire. Instead, he went there and joined them. He went alongside them. He gave them grace in the midst of the fire so that even the smoke didn't touch their clothes. There are some things that God lets in these trials, but there are some things that God lets not. Look at verse 6, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Verse 4, he says, but let patience. But here he says, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. God in his liberality will give us wisdom, but we must not ask wavering. For God is not going to put up with an unstable mind, a double-minded man. There are some things that God will not allow. In other words, to claim this promise, to, under, to receive the, the liberal promises of God, of, of wisdom, we must simply understand God giveth wisdom to those uh, all men liberally, but we must ask in faith. Nothing wavering, believing that God will give it. God does not tolerate a lack of faith. Look at the third thing. We see a lack of godly wisdom. We see the liberality of God. I want you to see the third thing, the love of God. The love of God. Here's, here's a word that, that jumps off the page at me. Verse 5 again. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I remember when I was a boy, um, my mom said she had, she had purchased some groceries, and she said, would you go get them out of the trunk? And I said, sure. So I went out. I was 10, 11 years old. And there was some cases of pop in the back of the trunk. And so I, I got both of the cases at the same. They're not like they are today. They didn't have carry. They were flats. Remember the 24-case cans of flats? You remember that? Everybody, all four of you is not at me. Daniel, you're too young. But they used to come in flats. And I stacked two of those flats on top, and I took it out, and I set it on the mumper, and I closed the trunk, and the Oldsmobile had this way it came down around the light. Remember the license plates where you had to pull down the license plate and put the gas behind the... Again, you're too young, Daniel. Put the gas behind the license plate. Well, they had these panels that came down, and when I closed the trunk, the corner of the one caught on those pop cans and curled up on the car. My dad loved his cars, and I was afraid to tell him. I thought I could maybe just pretend nothing happened and go in the house, and, but I didn't. I finally put, went and took the, the 
pop down to the basement, put it away, and I came back. I was working up the courage all the way up the stairs, and I went and I told Dad, and, and immediately he got upset. He did. And he goes, oh. Five minutes later, he came to me and he apologized. He said, I've always told you, boys, if you tell me the truth, if you're honest, that I wouldn't be upset with you. And he, and he says, I, I got upset. Initially, I did. He says, I just thought, why couldn't you be more careful? Why couldn't he? he says, but you were honest. If you'd hit it, that'd be different. But you're honest. Do you know the Bible says that our Heavenly Father, we, do you know when we ask God for wisdom? It's when we're already in trouble. A lot of times. Because he's talking about trials, Right? We, we really need to ask God for daily wisdom ahead of time. But here's the thing, and, and we're feeble and frail, and God knows. And so we get into a trial, and we get into trouble, and sometimes we don't see them. Sometimes they blindside us. I'm going to show you in the Bible here in a moment that, that there's some trials that, that just happen. Other trials are our own fault. But we find ourselves in that trial, and we go to, and sometimes we, we're going to God after the fact, and we're almost ashamed. We're afraid, like working up the courage to tell your father you dented his car. And we get that thing in our heart. Here's the promise. Listen, God says, I upbraideth not. I'm never going to condemn you if you'll just come and ask. My dad lasts his temper for just a minute. He's probably thinking, why couldn't I be more careful? What's this going to cost to fix? And we didn't have a lot of money and. All those things that went through his mind, but immediately he realized he came and told me the truth. God doesn't have those moments where he loses his temper. Listen, if God gets angry in the Bible, he gets angry on purpose. It's a planned anger. He got angry with Israel because of their sin. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. There's no anger there. And he says, if you'll come and ask for wisdom when you're going through a trial or a temptation, listen, you don't have to worry about, don't be afraid. I upbraideth not. I love you. And we see the love of God written all over that verse. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 12, look down there. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But here's when we find temptation. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin with it finished bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Do not err is the same as do not fall. Back in verse 2, when you fall into divers, it's the same Greek word. Do not err. Do not fall. Don't make this mistake. Don't blame God. When we fall into diverse temptations because we've been drawn away of our own lust, we are tempted when we follow the sin in our own heart. But even then, you can come to God and he upbraideth not. Why? Because God loves you. You know, sometimes there's this idea that God's going to solve every problem that I have. God can and God may. But a lot of times I've learned in my life that when I'm in a financial strait, God doesn't always just hand me money. Sometimes he gives me another job. That's wisdom. 
We so often want to do things for our children and just hand them things when God says, no, teach them things. Teach them how to grow and how to live on their own. When someone is sick, God doesn't always give healing, but he always gives grace. That's because he has wisdom. I read in the paper just a short time ago an obituary of a lady that had died in the nursing home here in in, uh, Simcoe. Uh, the one down at, uh, it's called Cedar, it was the same as the name, they changed their name, I can't remember where Brother Dorkson was and others were. And uh, I actually had, was up there one day, I was visiting with Brother Butch, and uh, this lady was walking the hall, and she says, could you come help me? And I said, sure, what do you need? And we went down to her room, and uh, I, I can't remember who was with me, it was Calvin or Cody or somebody, and went into her room, and she says, I can't find Will of Fortune. And so I said, okay. And she had a little sticky note right on the bottom of her TV. It said, Will Fortune, channel this at 7 o'clock or whatever it was. And so I said, well, it's 3 in the afternoon. And I said, it's not on until 7 o'clock. I said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll turn the TV to that station. Then all you have to do is turn it on at 7 o'clock, and it'll be there. And she said, Okay. While I was there, I noticed there was a frame on the wall and a newspaper article, and her picture was in the paper. I saw you, you're in the newspaper, and she said yes. And she was 104 years old. 104 years old, and the worst thing was going on in her life, she couldn't find Wheel of Fortune. Uh, that's pretty good. And she died shortly after that, just died in her sleep of old age. And so I was reading the obituary, and it said, the sudden and tragic death, the sudden and tragic death. I thought she was 104. That's not real sudden. I mean, you kind of expect it at that age. And tragic would be if she were four years old. Now, listen, I'm not saying I, the family didn't grieve, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put down the pain of death. But understand that somebody gets to that age, and they say, well, let's pray for their healing God's often just going to give grace. Sometimes it becomes apparent what God's will is for a person's life. And so God gives us grace. We need to have wisdom. Because if we think like the world and say that was tragic and sudden, our hearts are going to be broken and we're going to be overcome with sorrow and grief. When God says, that's 34 years past the days I gave them. That's bonus time. Let's have some wisdom. But that comes from God. When I fall into diverse temptation, God doesn't always immediately deliver me, but instead he promised me wisdom if I will ask in faith. Let me read one more verse. Proverbs 3.13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Are you facing a trial? God promises wisdom. Are you facing life? God can give you wisdom. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes just for a moment. You say, how do we we get wisdom? You have to ask. You have to pray. You have to seek God. And it comes from Him. It comes from the Spirit of God that is within you. Maybe you've been wandering and fumbling with life and you say, I just can't seem to make good decisions and I'm struggling. And man, there's a world full of that. Maybe they don't have the Holy Spirit of God. Maybe they don't know Christ as Savior. 
You see, because when you trust Christ as Savior, His Spirit comes and dwells within you and you become a child of God. That's the first step. We'd like to help you with that today. On the screen, you're going to see a phone number. You can call us. You can text us. You can go to our website and you can email us. I would say this, even on our webpage, there's a prayer request button. And if you need to be saved today, if you need to know the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life through knowing Christ, you can press that prayer request button and fill it out. It'll come directly to me. We'd like to help you to know for sure that you know Jesus Christ as Savior. Maybe you're a believer today and you're struggling with wisdom, struggling to know what to do. Could I encourage you? Just Let's just go back to the basics. Let's seek God, nothing wavering, praying in faith, believing that God will give wisdom liberally to all that ask. But remind, remind yourself of this, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We must ask in faith. We certainly need it. And we're going to need it more in the days to come. As we go through these last days together, let's beg and plead with God for a godly wisdom. Our Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Speak to our hearts with it, we pray. Lord, I pray that we be a people that seek you and as a result, find godly wisdom because we're relying upon you to guide us and direct us each step that we take with every decision we make. Lord, may we bring honor to your name by listening to your spirit's pleadings in our life. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.